This is Port of Harlem Podcast. I'm Wayne Young, your host for this show and also publisher of Port of Harlem Magazine at portofharlem.net. You can also visit portofharlem.net and from the menu, click POH Podcast to hear this and past episodes. We are also available on about seven podcast platforms. My guest today is Vincent Spaulding. He's the project leader of the George Henry White Memorial Health and Education Center in Bladen in Columbus County's North Carolina. The community center is where groups are invited to meet. Classes are held uh, for, computer for computer instructions, uh, cooking, and a number of other, let's say, life-related <laughs> events. So welcome, Vince. Uh, I'm sure you'll tell us more about what's going on in the center. So welcome, Vince. Thank you, Wayne. Thanks for the invite. Well, you know, there are many public community centers uh, in the country, and probably there, I suspect, that provide space and services. Right, first of all, are there centers available in your area? And if they are, what makes this center unique? <laughs> What's unique about this center is the only one we have. Uh, in, the, in the two counties or in the one county? And <laughs> I'd say for sure in Bladen County, and then the uh, certain part of Columbus County is the only one. Uh, and basically, uh, there's 100 counties in the state of North Carolina. Bladen County is number 100 in terms of education, opportunities, poverty. And, and uh, Columbus County, which is the adjacent county to Bladen County, is number 97 of the 100 counties in terms of opportunities and poverty and so forth and so on. So we're so, talking about the other America. Other America, yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, there. Uh, so when we decided to, in 2015, to, uh, I went to a meeting and uh, affiliated with the. Uh, actually, back up a little bit. Uh, author that I'm gonna have become a friend of is um, Ben Justison, and he's written several books on George Henry White and. Uh, I went to a book signing in Washington, D.C. when I lived there uh, on his first book on George Henry White. So I bought the book. Uh, never he autographed the book. I lived in Washington five more years, never touched the book. So, uh, so uh, I saw a, uh, a news reporter by the name of, uh, damn, I'm having a mental lapse. Damn, uh, hmm. You've earned the right to have that. But yeah, ahead. but anyway, uh, Tim Pullins. Yeah, Tim Pullins. Uh -huh. he, was, he was a reporter there in Whiteville, North Carolina, and he did a real nice piece on George Henry White and made the point as a part of his uh, piece that there is no memorial for George Henry White in his birth county. And that sort of struck me. And, uh, and then uh, after that, I... I had this book on George Turner White, and then I picked up the phone and called Ben Justison, the author, and talked to him about it. And he said, well, you know, you ought to, uh, you, you moved to North Carolina now. Why don't you affiliate with the Phoenix Historic Society in Newburn, North Carolina? So I affiliated with them, and, uh, and, and, they, and they, that organization was established to uplift and recognize George Turner White. So with that motivation, uh, the uh, uh, I was reading and so forth, and and I think uh, Kim Pullen said there was nothing on George and the White, not even a website. So the first thing 
that I did. I living in Washington, I, I was affiliated with the uh with a group called Lightsmith Productions. And I talked to them, owner of the company, about doing a website for George Henry White. And they agreed to do it. And then they said, Well, tell us about it. I said, here's Ben Justison's book. It tells a lot of stuff there. She said, we need pictures. So I traveled uh, to Bladen County from Washington, got down there and made pictures and with another fellow. And we sort of wandered through the county and we, there's a lot of abandoned houses and sort of went through those and so forth and so on. And, and I made these pictures and then got them back to, uh, to Kate Sabata. She's the, she does all of the writing for, for the Lightsmith Production Company. And they developed a movie on George Henry White. And we then developed a, a website on George before, Henry White. Before we go any further, though, yes, let's first explain to people who George Henry White was. Uh, George Henry White uh, was the uh, per last person of color to serve in the United States Congress at the end of the post-Reconstruction period. Okay, so let's stop there for a second. And before we put before we talk about the significance of him being the last one during the Reconstruction period, I think there was another one until like 1936 or 1940 from Chicago, and he was in the Congress a long time by himself. But here we talk about that. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that, him. That was he, he was the last. Uh, yeah, you're right. He he served. Uh, I think uh, uh, George Henry White served in the Congress in 1901, and then. The congressman from uh, New Jersey served for 23 years after that. Oh, know, that was from Chicago. Yeah. What was his South, name? The Great South Side. But before yeah. we get into the details of that, let's get oh, back yeah. to the center first. So we so we know who George White is. We know the significance of him. But what makes this center, and we know that we're, you're from a challenged part of the country. Thank you. But, but what makes this center so significant? Well, it's- Or it, unique, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I would say that, first of all, uh, there is no memorial, there is no monument, not even a sign on a tree uh, okay. regarding uh, George Henry White being born in Bladen County. So the first now thing- Now there is. Yeah, the first thing that, it, the significance of it, it actually uh, established within his birth county a memorial for George Henry White in his birth county. Okay. And that was the first, first thing we wanted to accomplish, establish a memorial for him in his birth county. Right. And that has been done. Gotcha. Yes. And the center itself, though, is unique in that there aren't any other centers like that in these two counties, at least at least in one county and in much of the rest of the county. There is no memorial in the state of George Henry, in the state of North Carolina for George Henry White. There are road signs, but in terms of, uh, I'd say, a memorial in his birth county, this is one and only. Okay. But how about the center itself, The the in terms of the services that it provides? and the needs that it meets. Okay, I'm gonna answer your question, but I will refer everyone to the George Henry White website, and that's uh, www.ghw. Uh, oh, don't worry about that. We'll print it out. We'll okay, print it yeah, out okay. online. Uh, so. Memorialcenter.com, okay. Yeah, Basically, the, the purpose of the George Henry White Center, as Wayne has said, is a health and education center. And uh, our primary focus is to provide uh, health and educational training to citizens of that community who are so, sort of deprived of a lot of opportunities that, that typically exist in other counties in, in the state of North Carolina. 
And what we do at the center, uh, we teach uh, uh, health classes and we teach straight education classes. And some of the classes that we have done kicked out, oh, let me back up. The center was officially open for business in September, 2021. It took us from 2016, uh, February, 2016 to 2021 to do the renovations of the building. The building's a 120 plus year old building donated uh, to, uh, to, to get that done. And the, uh, it took us from 20, from that date, uh, 16, 2016 to 2021 to get the building fully renovated. And I'm saying convert an old dilapidated farmhouse sitting in a cornfield, convert it into a modern functional building with HVAC, all kind of technology, uh, uh, all kinds of equipment, toilet facilities and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was converted to a fully functional building with modern facilities. And then following that, uh, working with, I have what I call a leadership team. I have handpicked persons that serve on my team. And I can tell you who they are if you'd like to know, but they have various contacts. And one of the members of my team, Kate Sabata, she lives in Maryland and she has, ex her son worked at John Hopkins and he was aware of things at John Hopkins being donated, such as computers and televisions and tables and excess this, excess that. So fortunately, we were able to get the building fully equipped with technology, drop down projectors and all kinds of stuff to allow us to do training. And we do computer classes at the center. We do uh, uh, land retention classes at the center. Uh, because this center is located about 44 miles from Wilmington, about 55 miles from Bertle Beach, and there's a lot of expansion, a lot of people moving uh, south and, and moving uh, and buying, trying to buy cheap land there in Berlin and Columbus County. So uh, because folks are getting letters to, to sell you land, $10 an acre, ridiculous prices like that, I hear you. And if you it's own, almost like gentrification in the rural areas. Yes, if you own a hundred, if you own uh, say a hundred acres, and somebody own you offer you a uh, uh, hundred thousand dollars, you think that's a lot of money, but yet it's about a hundred acres. So we're teaching what we call uh, land retention classes at, at the center, trying to educate the population there that what is going on uh, here's here's what's happening. Here are the opportunities, here's the resource through the Corporate Extension Service and other educational uh, institutions that can assist you in understanding the value of your land, what is happening to you, why you're getting all these letters in the mail to buy your land and so forth and so on. So we do those kinds of classes. And then we do, uh, because of the health situation there, we do um, health classes and we have health fairs there. And uh, I think back in February of, uh, I can't remember, it's getting bad, but uh, here recently, we, we did our second health fair. A, a person by the name of Marie Campbell, Dr. Marie Campbell, uh, she's a, a, a health professional and she saw a need and she uh, organized the second one this year, a health fair where she invites various health professionals to come to the center and set up tables 
give out uh, uh, handouts and technical information and, and things of that nature to the community because of the health situation there. Gotcha. So it sounds like that, you know, in a part of the country that many of us tend to forget and that you are providing services that are uniquely for that area. But uh, the group that's lead development is the Benjamin and Eda Spalding's Descendants Foundation. Uh, that's right. Who was Benjamin and Eda and what is the focus of the foundation? The, the Benjamin and Eda Spalding uh, Descendants Foundation are made up primarily of residents of Bladen County. I was born in Bladen County, for instance. And, uh, and we have a nonprofit by the name of Benjamin Eda Spalding Descendants a nonprofit foundation. And we do health and educate. Well, we do. Uh, well, but who was Benjamin and Edith Spaulding? Uh, they were uh, the, uh, I guess, the matriarchs of the Spaulding family. So would that be and, your grandparents or your great grandparents? Uh, great, 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 great grandparents. And then. Uh, how many great, far, how far many grades back? <laughs> I tell you, man, I don't keep with that kind of stuff. But yeah. <laughs> Okay. But it's more than two generations back. Oh, uh, probably, uh, probably eight generations back. Ooh, okay. Eight generations back. Okay. Okay. So that's so that's so the foundation. Uh and they have the website, I think is spaldingfamily.com. Okay. Might be, be spaldingfamily.com. And uh so that's uh so the the fact the the um, here it is the uh the Benjamin Spalding Ascendants Foundation uh is the organization that sponsored the uh the the uh, renovation of the building. And I'm the project leader. And, and so, uh, what is the general what is the general focus of the foundation itself? Health and education. Okay. Yes. So this fits yes. in right in with you. This yes. fits in perfectly with the foundation. Yeah. The, the the Benjamin of Small Ascendants Foundation is all its its purpose is health and education training, and and we sponsor uh, all kinds of uh, other activities. Okay, so was Benjamin and Edith Spalding? Did they have a lot of money to leave, or that the descendants? Uh, they they were. Uh, well, they did. The, did the descendants put in the money? Well, well, actually, it started off with Vince Spalding putting a lot of the money in. Uh oh, <laughs> and it went meaning, from, meaning you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyway, we got a donation from the foundation to kick it off. About seventeen thousand dollars. So you, so so you started the foundation named after your ancestors. No, I did. I had nothing to do with. it. I'm just a member of that foundation. I'm a member of the Benjamin Edith Spalding Ascendants uh, Foundation. I'm a member. So how long? How long ago was that founded? Uh, it was founded. Oh man, you, uh, like your grandparents, maybe? No, it was. I had something to do with that too. Okay. Okay. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it's within your life. I think it was founded in 1998. Okay. So it's within your lifetime. Yeah. Within my name. Yeah. It was a fit. The foundation was officially chartered and founded in the state of North Carolina in 1998. Okay. And you all named it after one of your earliest descendants. Yes. Yes. yes gotcha. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, so, so that it, getting back to that, we did help in education training and, uh, and then the corporate extension service in the state of, in uh, Bladen County. That's where you have the county agents. Well, uh, we uh, uh, have contacts with them, and they do uh, help the cooking classes at the center. And to kick things off, uh, a fellow by the name of O.C. Jones. He contacted after the, uh, I stuck my neck out and said, "We're going to try to do this project." 
he called me up about two years later and said, I understand you're trying to do this renovation project. How can I help? And he and I started collaborating and he uh, managed the neighborhood watch in the community. He said, so if you would allow me to use the building as the headquarters for the neighborhood watch, then I can, at least we'll keep the grass cut. And at that time I was paying hundred dollars a month just to get the grass cut. Oh, I wanted wow. to look like something was going on there. Right. And, and uh, so forth and so on. So if you go to the website, we have pictures of how the building looked before we started. Uh, I had a wood shingle roof, hadn't been painted in years. Uh, I think it had uh, used to have a bathroom in it and so forth and so on. So we just started from there, just um, systematically, just uh, doing the easy things first, uh, replaced the shingle roof with a tin roof, got the building painted, got the grass cut, so forth. And we went step by step after that. All right, so one of the stories out of this that I'm hearing from you is that uh... You 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 were, you were born in this uh, Challenge County. You came to D.C. You did well, and you decided to go back and live in North Carolina. Did you choose it in? Did you choose to move to Bladen County or a nearby county? Uh, I moved to Durham. Uh, actually, actually, I moved to Cary, N.C. and stayed in Cary for about seven eight years, and then uh, we moved. My wife and I moved from Cary to a to a 55 and older uh, community, retirement community in Durham, North Carolina, on the, basically on the county line right across from uh, Wake County. It's in the Durham County, but real still in the- But how far, but how far are you are from um, Bladen County? Uh, about 144 miles. Oh my goodness! And you drive, you, and you I drive between, to, and you drive between your home to Bladen County. I used to drive. I used to drive down there three times a week. Okay. <laughs> but but I, I, I you still a country boy. Yes, you trying yeah, to tell me. Yeah. So but <laughs> I just I'll tell you this little story and I shut up. Okay. Basically, um, when we started this project, really I had no idea how we were going to get it done, and. Um, and I and just through what I divine intervention, things would just happen. People would just woke up, maybe yourself, you see, and you know somebody, and you see what we're trying to do, and things would just happen. And uh, uh, I just give you some examples. When we were got the building painted on the inside, a person walked up to me and said uh, by the name of um, Elvis, not Presley. <laughs> What's Elvis' last name? My mind is so bad. Elvis. Elvis. First name is Elvis. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> anyway, he's he he approached me and said, uh, "I'll I'll do the electrical wiring for your building." I said, "Well, for how much?" I was thinking like fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. He right. said, "I'll do it for seven seven thousand five hundred. I'll provide all the wire. I provide all the light fixtures, exit devices, everything. The only thing I want you to buy is the." The light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he and he he said well, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. So it took him took him about two years to rewire that building. Ooh, okay. And after that, uh, we said we need to get some uh, heat in here. And I started looking at uh, how could we get a heat heating system. And I was looking at uh, using the uh, heat pumps. And the heat pumps, uh, the cheapest one you could get is around eight thousand dollars. And then someone else called me. So I understand you're doing this project. I'm trying to get some heat in this thing. They said, call a train 
company in Raleigh. They have old uh, gas pack units that they donate. And we contacted them. They said, well, you, we have a five, five ton uh, a gas pack unit out, in the, out in the, on the property. You send someone up here to get it, you can have it. Mm -hmm. So that was $30,000. I've got an estimate for that. I got it for 7500 And then the guy, they recommended a company to install it. That guy came in and, and installed a system for 7500 and then I said, well, really, we need another one for the other side of the building. And, and then they don't, he had that on his parking lot. He donated that. And then I, I had an estimate of $30,000 for one gas pack for the building. Got the whole building, heat and air conditioning, two units, $7,500. That's all it costs. Good. So I got the $12,000 electric wiring done for $7,500. And then it went step by step like that. Plumbing came along, same thing. Uh, a person traveled, a buddy of mine traveled all the way from Washington. We used to do design build projects. Uh, 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 Gerald Collins, still there in Washington. He's on the board of directors for this center. And he came down and we worked and put the bathrooms in. All it cost me was the cost of the plumbing, pipes and so forth. So that just happened over and over again. So I put up a sign on the building, divine intervention. <laughs> somebody walks up they say what's that sound about i say well this building's here because of divine intervention it just people saw what we were doing saw the importance of it had resources or had expertise uh -huh. and they volunteered what they could do to help out and that's how we got it well this is a great story and yeah. so we want to put the we put the pieces together and say that you know vince uh it, it, an was an architect right in dc Mm -hmm. You did well. You went back home to uh, North Carolina and you landed yourself back to where you were born, a, a challenge area, the other America. And now you have a center there for the people that serve their needs, including helping them understand the value of their land so they won't sell it for so cheaply. But you mm -hmm. named it after George Henry White. Mm -hmm. Left Congress about the 1900 or 1901. 1901, yes. When the when when blacks lost their right to vote, basically after slavery ended, and in his famous speech, he said, "Quote: This, Mr. Chairman, is perhaps the Negro's temporary farewell to the That's American it. Congress. But let me say, it is like he will rise up someday and come again." Thank you. And the, and the George and the White said it there as a part of that. Exactly. Right. And here we are. I think there's 60 Blacks in Congress now, which is about 15% of the population. And the uh, population, or I should say the members are quite diverse. Mm -hmm. What you mean by diverse is they're diverse within the African-American community. There's a Afro-Korean, for instance, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess George White will feel quite proud. Yeah, just, I just... I'll say one other thing. We we are working with Stedman Graham. Uh, folks know him. We talked on the phone today, and he contacted me by phone and said, "We need to do a memorial for George Henry White in his in uh, uh, in North Carolina." So we have a he and I have agreed to and set a date on December April the twenty seventh to do a memorial for George do a George Henry White Day at the George Henry White Center. 
Sounds good. And, and as a part of that, uh, uh, there are several organizations in North Carolina that uh, sponsors and and up to lift his name, such as the George Hennepin Bar Association in Durham. We have Phillies Historic Society was was developed and organized under the uh, uh, in, under, in support and uh, uplifting the name of George Henry White, the Phoenix Historic Society out of Newburn. Earl, uh, that's a president there, I contacted them. Earl Imes, who's the uh, curator of North Carolina Museum of History. He's a close friend and also uh, one of the uh, sponsors and uh, uh, might say uh, consultants when we're doing the George Henry White project. So he's gonna be involved with that and so forth. So on the 27th of April, we do plan to do a memorial for George Henry White at the center. And this will be the first time we have really done anything specific to him at the center. We have uh, named the building after him, but and then we are sponsoring heaven education activities and things of that nature, but we never have done anything specific to George Henry White. So on the 27th of April, we are planning to have a George Henry White day at the center, that's a Saturday. And the rain day will be April the 28th, a Sunday the next day. Okay, I hope you remind me so we make sure it's in Port of Harlem. And so, Vince, we're going to slow this up. I want to thank you so much for being a good inspiration for me here in Washington and all things you've done in our community in, in D.C. Your impact is still felt here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the people down there must be happy because <laughs> it's feeling your impact right now as you move forward. Yeah. Well, I miss being in Washington. I tell you, you were a good friend. I mean, you and I used to collaborate and crown each other's shoulders and say what if and spend all those kind of conversations and i know exactly where you live got mental pictures of your house so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well so good to connect with you again and so we'll keep in touch and i'm looking forward to finding out more about the april events will do take all care. right take, take care. care now thanks for your time absolutely all right take care